This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey parents, welcome back to another podcast, the Wonder of Parenting podcast, a brain science approach to parenting. My name is Tim Wright, along with Dr. Michael Gurian. Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tim. You too. We have a listener question today, and it's probably one of the shorter questions we've had and one of the most heart-rending questions that we've had, and I want to get right at it uh, today. Um, It's uh, from a mom. And she said, what is the best advice for a mother to provide for her son that survived a suicide attempt one year ago? How best do we as parents support him? Um, Boy, this is such, I think most parents listening to that, their hearts just go out to this family. Um, Michael, you probably have dealt with these things in the past Mm -hmm. in the counseling room uh, as a therapist. And certainly uh, from your work doing brain science stuff. So generally, let's start with big pictures. Always do. What were your first initial thoughts as you were looking at that question? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a very deep question because, and to some extent, it, it's so deep for parents. Um, uh, of course, for all the reasons of you don't want to see your own child be suffering, and you certainly don't want to outlive your own child. And then, and then, also as parents, one always blames oneself. You know, I mean, it's just hard. That's that's what it is to be a parent, to blame oneself. And they go, my son has, has attempted suicide because of what I have done. I have let him down, not raised him right, that kind of thing. So then that multiplies into all the feelings and everything. So so let me start by saying a few things. Um, one is that we are seeing more male suicide now Um that is not, you know, that we can't directly connect to something parents did or did not do. And so one of the things I say to parents a lot now is um, watch out for buying completely into the fact that you caused this. Um, uh, it's, It's, you know, it's just different. There's a lot of neurotoxins that are affecting the brains of, of these boys and these kids. Um, there's, there's all sorts of external anxiety. There's all sorts of stuff going on. Okay. So with that large thing said, um, uh, we do, we are not given the age of this guy. So I'm going to assume he's a teen or late teen, just cause statistically I'm going to assume that maybe he's in his early twenties, but I'm going to assume in that age group. So young adult, um, what I would, what I would love these parents to do, I'm going to first do the checklist with them and with any of you who know anyone who's thinking about suicide, um, obviously make sure they don't have a plan right now. So keep keep challenging them. Do you have a plan? And um, uh, because it's if they have a plan, they're more likely to follow through. If it's an errant thought, um, you know, now this guy followed through. So I don't know if they knew this previously, but just look for the plan. Um, and then in terms of now he's a year later, uh, don't want him to try again. So uh, 
checklist, counseling, hoping and making sure that he's in counseling, uh, psychiatric help as needed because he probably had or may still have depression. He could have anxiety disorder. You know, I think any psychiatrist would probably start with depression and see if they can treat that. Um, because when males do violence to themselves or others, mostly, most of the time, they're somewhere on the depression spectrum. So, and that's what's part of what's triggering the violence. And again, the parents didn't necessarily cause the depression. The depression came in on their genome, generally, um, or there's trauma. So the next thing I would say is try to figure out, was there trauma? And um, I mean, if the parents were the trauma, then we're looking at something like child abuse, sexual abuse, it's gonna be that kind of trauma. Um, most parents do not abuse their kids or sexually abuse their kids. So, you know, we would probably wanna help the son look for other trauma. So this son, this boy, young man is a year out. So my hope would be that the parents and counseling in his system are helping him try to figure out was there trauma in the past uh, because that trauma could have stored up and caused it. Um, uh, if they can work on that trauma and there are, there are things like brain spotting and EMDR, eye movement desensitization regulation, which are therapeutic techniques that go beyond talk therapy, that are brain direct, that help uh, people deal with trauma. So that's worth talking to their, the staff or their, whoever's helping him about. And then, um, and then he's a year out, uh, kind of widening basic things. What we wanna do is we wanna make sure he's doing something of purpose, you know, help him to find a job, help him to be helping others, to do things that are purposeful. So in other words, not isolating, you know, uh, not, not sitting in his room and isolating or sitting in his room isolating from us and just playing video games. That That is a potential recipe for him to try suicide again, right? We don't want that. We don't want the isolation. We don't want to increase the depression. We want to have him doing activities and living with purpose and and, and, and looking at faith, for instance, I mean, you'd be a good person to talk about that. Look at faith, uh, maybe help him reinvest in a faith system so that he's connected and um, getting constantly has assets around him and he can reform his life from that uh, attempt, that suicide attempt, which is a tragic thing for his family, for sure, and for him, but now re recharge his life, rename his life, uh, reinvigorate his life, um, so that he lives it with the kind of purpose and, and all, you know, all of those things and all those connections, uh, so that he probably will not try again in the future. So those are some general things that come. I would imagine that as parents, um, that it, it's almost like walking on eggshells now, just worried about, uh, am I going to say something? Am I going to do something that, um, might harm my son and move him to do something again. Um, in addition to all of the, the the very practical things that you mentioned to get him care and get him involved, what are the mental things that parents need to go through when they're looking at their son now and realizing he has done this, but to bubble wrap him, so to speak, or to be really afraid to say things or have normal conversations may not be as helpful either. Yeah, this is this, especially since he's a he's a young adult, this is a conversation they can have with him. You know, this is a, it's an important conversation to have with him. And it's a, a mature conversation to say to say to him, you know, now 
we're trying to figure out what we should do. Uh, help us by telling us what you need from us. And, um, you know, what, what, what works for you from us. Um, uh, and this is how we feel, you know, now it's a year out. They can have this conversation that, that you just talked about. This is how we feel. We're on eggshells. We want to still, you know, we want to be your parents. We want to be your, uh, helpers. We want to be the, uh, with you, the people who brought you into this world, you know, who love you in ways no one else can love you. So how, how can we all talk about that and figure out topics that we can talk about that aren't going to um, cause you stress and, you know, common interests, islands of competence, um, shifting conversations to, to, for instance, it'd be great if each parent happens to have with him some common interest, like, I'm going to have to just make this up. Let's say that they're out in the country and, um, the mom really is into horses and the son is into horses. Well, I think then, okay, so that's a common interest and a lot of their relating will be around that, um, you know, because they don't have to always be trying to figure out, take his emotional temperature. They don't have to do that. Um, they'll sense if something's going on. Uh, and if you keep taking this guy's emotional temperature, he's going to pull away, right? Because it's kind of invasive for him. So, um uh, but if they have a common interest, then through the common interest, they can bring things up. And if the dad and the son have another common interest, uh, I just made up horses there. Maybe the maybe the father and the son, maybe the father takes the son to work with him. And the son gets into whatever dad does. And let's say dad does engineering and the son is sort of into that and they do that. That's a common interest. And And because they're bonding through the common interest, then other conversations can come up through that. And... Um, Parents aren't in the position of always taking the son's emotional temperature and then always feeling that they're going to say something wrong. Um, they can move themselves out of that. Uh, and, and, and again, I think a lot of that should start with them t talking to this young adult about what he needs from them and then with counseling, et cetera, with other assets that the that son may have. The parents can talk to those assets and say, okay, you know, this is how we're feeling. <laughs> we're really worried all the time that we're going to trigger him. Help us. And then those those assets like that counselor can do sessions just with the parents. And of course, that counselor will know the parents and know the son and will be able to even more than I've just done, target, direct them in how to talk to him, what to talk to him about uh, um, and how to kind of pull away from the eggshells, uh, you know, the eggshells thing, because it is really normal for the parents to feel like they could be on eggshells. And if and if he tries suicide again, they caused it again. Right. And that's why I started this with parents believe they caused it. Right. And part of the journey of parents now, and it's a very difficult journey, is to step away from I'm causing it. Um, you know, it's my fault. Uh, step away from that, even though we're going to feel it, and focus more on him and what he needs. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So, so that, that kind of brings up, I'm, I'm thinking about these parents who have been traumatized themselves by uh, you know, what their son did and their own guilt, their own horror at all of this. What are some things that these, these parents need to do for their own well care, self-care, uh, in order then to enter back into a healthy relationship with their son? Um, I, I Well, I, they may already have been in a healthy relationship with him, right? I mean, right. he could have committed suicide, but they were yep. in a healthy relationship yeah, I guess because I of meant his healthy, own depression. Yeah, I guess I meant healthy in terms of not walking on eggshells and all those kinds oh, of things. Oh, okay, gotcha. It got, kind of gets normal again. Uh, yeah, well, they... Uh, okay, so they're going to need to do some work with each other. Um, and they may need counseling help with this. These are the parents, I mean, because yep. because parents also, you know, they they can put their marriage under stress when when this is going on, you know, with a with a son or with a child. So a lot want to invigorate that relationship and work on that relationship. Make sure it's strong and and loving, um, because uh, and that's going to be one of the primary things I would say. And if they need to get hands, counseling help for that. Go, go for it and do that uh, because the this triangle that gets formed um, it also gets formed when a, a child dies is killed in a car wreck or drug overdose you know the parent there's a high divorce rate right yep. for yep. parents after that so part of what has happened is they don't realize it maybe but they're blaming each other yep. and it invades their relationship so it's very important that they Make sure to repair their relationship if it needs repair or just keep it strong. And and so another thing they can do beyond the counseling around that and their conversations around that is also look at what they're doing that they have in common, their interests, uh, what they love to do, and do that. Go on those dates. Do that. And, if and you know, faith community. A lot of folks will be in a faith community. Really reinvest in faith. Um, or if you've been... Uh, have a little faith, but now, you know, maybe a little more faith. Uh, so study that more, whatever one's faith is. Just get more into that so that there's more higher power involved here and um, and more God involved, for folks who would like to say that. Because there is, the, when you have a child who, who dies or who commits suicide or attempts suicide, a couple has moved into the realm of fate, you know, mm. I mean, yes. they've moved into the realm where higher power can really help them, mm. um, especially when they realize, if they realize, that they didn't cause it. Right. So then, you know, then they're sort of helpless. And um, and so so I think higher power, you know, getting faith, not being isolated, reconnecting with each other, building that relationship, looking at faith, if that fits for you, and whatever it is, get higher power involved. Um because the parents have to go on. The thing is, these two people, these two parents, let's say these, this is an intact right now. So these two parents, they have to go on. And uh, their strength is going to help their son to be mm. strong. Mm. Uh, I have a, a follow-up question that I want to get to you then that will broaden the conversation. Before I do that, um, 
this is this is such good stuff and such important stuff. Uh, and uh, both of our sponsors, in some way, shape, or form, um, speak into uh, these kinds of issues. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're working right now with the Forge School. And tell us a little bit about uh, some of the great work that they're doing and some of the work that you're doing with them that help boys who uh, are in trauma or boys who are struggling. Yeah. Yes, the Forge School is residential treatment. Um, it's um, boys only. It's 14 to 17-year-old boys. It's an adventure therapy-based concept, um, but it comes and it comes from the Embark Corporation, which is a larger corporation that has a number of schools. So they're really good at residential treatment. What they've decided to do with this boys' school is they and they brought me on as consultant. And what what we're doing is mainly them, but I'm helping a little. Is to create a school that is melding all the basic attachment, all the basic good things that these these uh, 14 to 17 year old boys need who are having issues, who are depressed, who have attempted suicide, who who um, uh, could be on the spectrum, you know, and, and in schools, they'd be IEPs in schools. They might be special kids in schools. Um, they almost all uh, will have had some sort of trauma and they're trying to work through that trauma. So they have their own way of doing that. And what I'm doing is helping them to bring boy friendly, helping it to make it fit completely the educational system the therapy system to completely fit the boy brain and 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 uh, including boys who have been traumatized so it's called the forge school um uh it's in the wilderness so it's really a neat location for boys uh if people go to wonderofparenting.com then you can just click the link there for the forge school our other sponsor works with um issues of depression and anxiety and so on and have for years they're one of the top uh, centers in the country when it comes to treating depression. Mm-hmm. And certainly this is one of the issues behind suicide. And and so any of those kinds of issues, whether it's, um, you know, anxiety, depression, it's eating disorders, addictions, the Center of Place of Hope, they're our second sponsor. Um, they are fantastic. And, and Dr. Greg Jantz has written so many books on all these topics. So even if you can't access their, their center up in the Seattle area, you can at least get his books, wonderofparenting.com. Wonderparenting.com will get you a link to the center, a place of hope as well. Now, my follow-up question, Michael, that broadens the discussion a little bit, and we've probably talked about this before in podcasts, but it's such an important one. Um, I think a lot of parents are shocked when a child attempts suicide, didn't see it coming until after it happens, and then they look back and they say, okay, now now we see it was happening, we just didn't see it. And, and Jan and I had that with our son. He didn't attempt suicide, but had been depressed for a couple of years. And we didn't see it until we saw it. So what are some things that parents want to look for in their children that suggest, maybe not that they're suicidal, but there's stuff going on that they want to be attentive to? Mm-hmm. Yeah, isolation is the key one. The, the boy or, or girl, the child is isolating in their room. Um, uh, is finding reasons not to go to school, like yep. sleeping late, um, uh, you know, at night probably playing video games, so therefore sleeping late in the morning, mm. not going to school, which is, is isolative, right? Because then not in school, not coming out to eat dinner with the family, so isolating. All of the things that involve the child being alone. 
And even though the child has a smartphone, <laughs> the child can still be isolating. So we don't want to count the child's ability to text with someone else as like, oh, he's not isolated. He's texting with his friends. No, he could well still be isolating. So um, uh, and so, you know, we might even need to look at taking his phone away until he comes back out to us uh, and or to his extended family and or to his workplace or, um, you know, start sleeping again so that during the day he goes back to school. Um, right. So so a, a lot of the tentacles of a lot of this you can find when the child starts to isolate with with you know generally and and you can speak to this personally about how depression looks in boys it's yep. often it, often the first few months that a boy is depressed we aren't we don't know and i don't know if you knew but often the parents don't know because boys mask their feelings and maybe they're functioning um and they they just maybe are taking a darker turn but it's sort of imaginative um etc and then then like maybe with this on it's a cry for help the suicide attempt actually becomes mm -hmm. in a way a positive because he didn't succeed he didn't finish and now we know how depressed he was but maybe they didn't know before because he masked it well and if he didn't isolate it's hard to see it but if uh, look at a sleep pattern if um uh, if a sleep pattern has changed and it's not just adolescence where, where guys do sleep later uh right especially on the weekends, on a non-school day, they're going to want to sleep a lot. But if if they're not sleeping or they're sleeping a lot on school nights, um, the sleep pattern has changed and it's worth looking at that. Um, and then eating patterns. Often if these guys are depressed, they may not seem depressed, but their eating pattern is changing. They're not eating um, uh, or they could be overeating. Um, uh, and then activity are they used to be in football. They used to be in soccer, whatever it was. Now they've stopped. That's part of the isolation. Um, but that means they're also not doing getting any exercise. They're just sitting around. Okay, they could well be depressed. So look for those patterns, even if the boy doesn't say it. Mm -hmm. um, look for those patterns. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So it, it, this was about 20 years for us. And again, I, I want to let folks know that my son's doing great. He's married. He's got three great kids. Uh, but we went through it for several years. Uh, and um, all of those things that you're talking about were happening with Mike. He was isolating in his bedroom. Uh, we could never get him up in the morning and had no idea why he was so tired until later out. We f later on we found out he was sitting in his closet till three, four in the morning playing video games. We had no idea. Mm -hmm. 
Um, we just sort of thought at that time, Ollie's just a kid. He's moving into puberty. He's doing what teenage boys do. Uh, but that's not it at all. And um, then he he didn't attempt suicide, but he wrote us a note that had suicidal aspects to it. And that's when we said, okay, we got to do something. Uh, we also noticed with him, um, as he moved into his, because he was fairly young, but as he moved into his early teenage years, um, he was doing some self-medicating, um, you know, around alcohol, or uh, I'm guessing he experimented with marijuana and stuff when we weren't around. <laughs> yeah. uh, but um, that was another sign for us looking back that, um, you know, and again, I, I'm not trained in this, but I know about it just because of the my coursework. And I couldn't see it in my own son. And, and I think part of it is we as parents don't expect to see it in our children. And so when we see these things that you're bringing up, it's important for us to recognize them, to see them, and then to start to find ways to dig deeper. And th- those can be really uncomfortable conversations, um, especially when I, our, our experience was uh, until Mike was ready to say he was hurting he didn't want to talk to us about it. So I could ask him questions, you know, what's going on? You're tired all the time. Yeah. You know, and I'd get the monosyllabic answers. Um, and so sometimes it's hard to pry out of a depressed boy what's actually going on in his life. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's absolutely right. Yeah. If you have, if someone's listening to this and you have a depressed son, um, look for counselors who mm-hmm. know how to work with boys. Yep. Because, because man, if those counselors are going to have that boy come sit in their office for 50 minutes, you know, and he's, let's say, 13 or 14, and come sit in my office and talk to me about what you feel for 50 minutes sitting in my office, that'll work maybe one out of 20 times, you know? <laughs> I mean, that is not a good way to counsel and do therapy with boys. In general, it can work, but in general... Um, and then you got to double that down with a, with a boy who's significantly depressed. And, you know, parents shouldn't be surprised that that's, that both their boys and their girls, by the way, many of them can start getting some depression around puberty. Yep. And part of what is going on is hormonal. And it's a combination. So there can be a number of factors, obviously, but a, there can be trauma. There can be all the things we've talked about. And there can be, um, uh, as the hormones are hitting, they're affecting the system anyway. And then if that system, that genome already has um, uh, chromosome markers that can get triggered, you know, for depression and and or for addiction, um, you know, those can get triggered. And what can happen is you can get a 13, 14, 15 year old who's doing marijuana and the and that's been triggered as the hormones are hitting and as he moves into puberty and then then also what triggers is depression. So then the depression markers um, uh, and genetics get triggered. And by the time he's 15, 16, he, he already would have a dual diagnosis. He would already be, you know, have that addiction diagnosis substance. And, and he may have a depression diagnosis because sometimes those markers work together. Uh, so, so there's there is so much going on in there and and one thing i always say to to families is if you if you know that you have depression as a parent or your spouse has depression or you have a couple people in your family system who have it um you know uncle aunt etc just be vigilant starting at around 10 11 12 as puberty's hitting for your kids both male and female be vigilant because let's say you have four kids 
I think the odds are at least one of those kids, those depression genetics will kick in. Hmm. And while that may not happen, I just want to look at it that way. And, and, you know, you were sharing about your kids now, both Gail and I have depression genetics and, um, and uh, one of our kids, you know, they're both adults now, but one of them is we, we, of course, were talk to them all the time about this, you know, because of research when I was, when we were raising them. And one of them said, yeah, I think I have those genetics. And she would, she jokes about it now and she takes some stuff for it. She's doing great, but she jokes about it and goes, yeah, thanks a lot, folks. You know, (laughs) thanks for giving me those genetics, you know? And of course, you know, all I can do is smile and go, Hey, you know, that's, it's fate. I'm sorry about that. Uh, But it's a serious matter. And we were vigilant about it early because we have so much of it. We have Gail's, well, on my side, both of my grandmothers uh, died in mental hospitals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's part of why I'm in mental health. One of them was was bipolar. It was called manic depression then. And the other one was paranoid schizophrenic. And um, uh, one of them shot her doctor. I mean, she was serious and she was you know prosecuted and then put in a mental hospital. The bipolar one was married seven times. Oh, she my. Would, yeah, she would get really depressed and she would divorce whoever she was married to. And then she would get high, obviously yep. manic, and then she would marry someone. And, you know, the point being that we all have stories, we all have relatives. So as people are looking at their kids, um, uh, one way I think that we now have access to that that you didn't have access to, you know, decades ago when you mm-hmm. were raising your kids, what, what you parents listening to this have access to is you have access to gene testing and yes. you have access to all this genetics research about, about do, did you... Did you pass on your addiction genetics to your kid? Have you passed on depression genetics? You know, if so, then um, then that's a nice way to be vigilant. And you can take that to psychiatrists and people can get to work early with these kids. Mm, that is such good stuff um, and such important stuff. And, and I, I want to thank our listener for sending in this question. Uh, it's a very vulnerable question and um, such an important one. Uh, both in terms of those who have been through what this mom and dad have been through with their son and also those of us who have uh, children in our, our families who are predisposed to uh, various things, and, we, and we, we do want to be vigilant. So, Michael, thank you so very, very much for your insights on this. Thank you. And uh, we encourage our folks, we encourage you parents, if you'd head on over to the fa- to Facebook and uh, do a little search and find our Wonder of Parenting group page. It's a great place to interact with other parents who listen to this podcast. And wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com is the place you can go to find resources and to submit your questions. And we will be back next week with another listener question submitted on wonderofparenting.com. So thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to being with you next time. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.